0: episode 121 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast. Everybody is here. Craig Morgan is back. He's having a nice lunch of Skittles and mini Starburst. Mini Starburst. I'm, I'm not, not alone
1: here. here. So. Which again, I don't understand you're, the concept of because, because Starburst is empty, by the
0: way. Well, yeah, because I, I eat my candy off the air. Yeah. Well, well, at least at it's my, not on the burger down here. Jamie Eisner is here as well and he just moved up the acting professional in the podcast rankings by doing nothing other than sitting next to Craig Morgan.
1: I'm really good at that. <laughs>
0: and I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening. Should
1: we just sign off now? Yeah. Okay. I like the fake laugh, too. That was like, totally like, yeah, I don't think that's funny, but I feel like this is the appropriate social situation in which I should laugh. I'm trying to be nicer. Oh, trying to be more of a positive influence on this podcast. Let's start... Speaking of positivity, the New
0: York Rangers. <laughs> the New York Rangers, a beacon of positivity. <laughs> Uh Well, every other day they're about to fire their coach. They've, what do they do on the up days? They get ready for like more stories for how they're going to fire their coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, every game, it feels like if they lose that game, Alain Vanilla is getting fired. They've won the last, what? Well, I guess they've won one in a row. Yeah, they've
1: won their last one. Yeah, <laughs> like Two, two out of three, of the last
2: three because uh, Coyotes in Vegas with a
1: WHL
0: goalie came through.
1: It's always nice. That's a slump buster right there, have Vegas and, and Arizona come through. Yeah. Mostly br- Arizona.
0: Bring us your fourth string goalie. Well, Vegas is now using a goalie. They're at the point where they're using goalies I've never heard of.
1: Yeah, they, they pulled some 19-year-old kid that has like an 8.78 save percentage in the WHL to be their backup, so that's great. Yeah. That's the plus side is we really have a good sense of their depth chart at that position. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's a great point. Okay, so what happens here with the Rangers? Are, are we really... As close as social media makes it seem during every Rangers game that they're basically, if they string two losses together, Vigneault's out?
1: Well, losing in New York is tough because the echo chamber that goes through throughout that city whenever there's, their teams are playing bad for their head coach. But I don't—they might end up firing him, but I don't think that's going to solve their problems. I mean, we've talked— on, in the offseason about the problems the New York Rangers have and that they're probably a playoff-caliber team, but they're not a cup contender, and there doesn't seem to be a clear path to being a cup contender anytime soon. Self-made fantasy. Exactly. For the last three years. Here's
2: uh, Larry Brooks. Um uh, this was before the Vegas game, which I think they were trailing in as well.
0: They were. They rallied, okay. They scored four in the third. The Rangers
2: have been outscored 3 nothing in the first two minute of games, 5-1 in the first three minutes, 6-2 in the first four minutes, 8-3 in the first six minutes, 10-4 within the first 10 minutes, and 13-4 in the first 12 minutes of their first 12 games. That's about having your team prepared to play. And when you see the problem in game one or game two or maybe even game three, send a message. That's the coach's job, to get a team prepared to play. The Rangers come out night after night after night, and they're not ready to play. You're right, Jamie. There are tons of other issues. They're missing Derek Stepan. Yes. I is a is a good player. I don't think he's a number one center either, but their center depth is not very good right now. I don't think they've solved their blue line issues entirely. Kevin Shattenkirk is more of a specialist, it looks like. Henrik Lundqvist is showing his age, so there are a lot of other problems, but when you look at that stat, you say, Whoa. What's going on, Coach? What are you doing to get
1: your team prepared to play on a nightly basis? Especially right now, when it's obvious to everybody, painfully obvious, that the spotlight is on you. You're not playing well, and your coach is on the hot seat. And yet, they're still coming out and struggling out of the gates. Can you run through all of those numbers
0: again, Craig? That was. I'd rather not. It was like a beautiful mind over I'm eat there. Eat some skittles instead. Oh, good. Way to contribute. to from the mic. If uh, if Vigneault isn't fired. Who's the first coach that's that's legitimately on the hot seat behind him at this point? Because he's really the only name I've heard much of this season. And we're extremely early in the season. And by the way, the Rangers are six points out of first place in their division. So it's not like their uh, their season is shot, although I guess I mean, the, the, the counties are nine
1: points back from a playoff spot. Let's be realistic about oh. what these
0: numbers say. But that's a little bit different than being six points out of first. I mean they're, that whole division, while it's good nobody's really been great other than New Jersey is 8-2, and two, which probably doesn't make it any easier for Rangers fans to stomach the fact that their team has been uh, pretty bad to start the year. But I, there's not really any other coaches on the hot seat just yet. Well, and there? part
1: of the problem is it's a lot of new coaches on the really, really bad teams right now, and yeah. you're not giving up on a coach you just hired 13, 14, even 20 games into a season. I mean, that, that's the biggest issue right now. Everybody's, everybody's new. I mean, Montreal's fairly new. Hmm. Buffalo's new. Arizona's new. I mean, Edmonton, but I think like that's just a panic move at this point. I just can't see anybody else getting fired. Well,
0: Toronto's lost three in a row. Isn't it time to fire Babcock? Ah,
1: Coach of the year. That <laughs> is not happening.
0: <laughs> this is. Uh, I look at Montreal, though, and I think that's a place where you
2: could have a reactionary move because of the the atmosphere there, the climate. There, there, there are expectations there, albeit unrealistic expectations with, with what that
0: team puts
1: on the ice. but
0: Yeah, what coach is going to come in and save the, the Canadians right now? Yeah, and after
1: all that stunt you pulled to, to get Claude Julien and all that stuff, I just, it feels like way too early in the season to make that move. But that's the New York of hockey market in terms of overreaction, them in Toronto. But Babcock's Bob not going anywhere.
0: No, but the best part of Toronto being good, and like I said, I never really buy into the whole argument of, oh, the league's better off if this team's good but if you buy into that argument where toronto has to be good for people to like hockey across the continent or whatever the one of the components to the best part of toronto being good is that their expectations become so unrealistic that when they do lose a couple games they panic and they switch up the lines and they act like they're the team that's in last place in the league and there's just that that is that's entertaining if nothing else And they have somehow lost three in a row, which is kind of surprising. No, I think Mike Babcock has a pretty good sense of what's happening, too. I I wouldn't say it's so much
2: reactionary on his part. He's trying to find a mix that works right now.
0: No, more around the team.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. After what they did last year, now I think everybody expects them in the conference finals or it's a failure of a season, which, you know, we've seen this act so many times where a young team takes a big step forward— and then everybody expects progress to be linear from there and sometimes it's not sometimes you take a step back the next season and as long as you mention them look at what's happening in Edmonton again other factors there most notably yeah. the GM but they're they're taking a the big step back here and they got to get the ship righted soon or we might be talking about the Edmonton Oilers missing the playoffs
1: yeah i think that's a key point that we said temper expectations for toronto because look what happened with calgary a few years back mm-hmm. and that's a young team that's now starting to finally now they're 6 and 6 to start the year but now they're finally starting to be a team that looks like it could be a playoff contender again. It's, it's not always improving one over the other. And we talked about with Edmonton before. McDavid's not scoring 170 points. So other people on that team are going to have to step up if Edmonton's going to take this next step to the next level. It can't all be McDavid. And people are freaking out that McDavid's only on pace
2: for, like, what, a high 70s, low 80s type point season. And you're right. Connor McDavid has to do more. But, again, what's around him? Yeah. What have they removed from the mix? What would life look like if Taylor Hall were playing on his wing?
0: I'm guessing they wouldn't have just a few more goals as a team than Nikita Kucherov has as a player at this point in the <laughs> yeah. season. But that's, in fact, the case. Edmonton has 22 goals this season. Uh, worst in the NHL. They've at least raised it a little bit. And we did the show last week. They were right around the 1.8 goals per game range. Now they're up to 2.2. So they're really a uh, Firing on all cylinders yeah, now. That, that offense. Uh, but Craig and I touched on this a little bit, but it's worth getting Jamie's input too. Can't believe I just said that. Wow. Um put that on, Luke. This is uh cut that part out. This is sort of their team.
2: You got that, Chris? For a while.
0: Yeah, so, well it is.
1: They they've made their bed. It,
0: the <laughs> expectations for the Oilers, I think, pretty I don't want to say universally, but certainly around Edmonton and that fan base. And I think just from a lot of people that wanted to see the Oilers get good again, is that this is gonna be a cup contender soon. I don't know what the path is to them becoming a cup contender other than Connor McDavid putting up 170
1: points a season uh, going back a couple of years and taking somebody else number 3 overall. I mean, I, I, you, you don't don't sign Lucic, take somebody else instead of Puliarvi and where this team is at least a little bit in a better spot than it is now. Keep but, Taylor Hall. Well, yeah, that'd be nice too, but uh, I don't keep know. Never I just would keep going in this vein. Yeah, it seems like a, for for down. a GM of the year candidate <laughs>
0: the, <laughs> If there was only one move they could go back and redo, it would be keep Taylor Hall, correct?
2: I would think so because I think—didn't we talk about this last week on the on the podcast where I think they probably could have traded Jordan Eberle for Adam Larson? Yeah. Probably could have made that, that the deal happen. So yeah, you could have that's kept Taylor Hall, you could have still you know, added a top-four defenseman.
1: You can find the Adam Larson's of the world for cheaper than a first-line winger. That. It's, There's simple, no better it's simple way as simple it.
0: as that. That's, that's it. I mean, it's just how many teams would love to have Taylor Hall right now? And the only reason we keep bringing this up on this podcast is we seem to be the only three people that feel this way. And
1: the mm-hmm. only thing that's in no. retrospect is the no. sign is a RV pick. I Everything else right. we thought of as it happened and said, wow, the Sluci contract is bad. This yeah. Taylor Hall trade is bad. The Jordan Eberle trade is bad as it happened. So this is not hindsight. I just think even if you, and I
0: agree, like the Lucic signing, you're right, and we weren't the only ones saying that that was a real shaky deal. That's not even a knock on Lucic as a player. But if you went back and and you were able to undo that, like if they gave Peter Chiarelli a time machine, oh, the things he could do! Oh, (laughs) goodness. But uh, if, if they went back and they were able to get rid of Lucic's contract, then aren't you using that money to try and find a guy that's almost as good as Taylor Hall? I mean, that to me would be the most frustrating as an Oilers fan. You had the player that you're missing right now. I'm not saying they win the cup if they have Hall, but to Jamie's point, you can go out and find a guy that's similar to Adam Larson without giving up a potentially elite scoring winger.
1: Yes, and you'd have more depth on both your, um, and your forward core and your D
0: core. And then you gave away Jordan Eberle for a lesser player as well.
2: I mean, an abjectly bad player right now in Ryan Strom, who has a goal and three assists.
0: Yeah, and I I completely agree with you on that. I just I can hear the other argument that we're in so much trouble cap wise. We had to get rid of Everly, whatever. I because still think you. Because you signed Lucic. <laughs> yeah. No, I know it's it's one after another. <laughs> I feel like we're going in circles <laughs> Let's here. Be, well, I mean, you I mean, know, so, what?
1: I'm in such cap trouble. I have to trade Probably. down players because you signed Brian Bickle. I mean, you don't get you don't. It's right, right, right. I right, mean, yes. You know, you. It's one thing if you inherited a bad situation. You're a GM. You walk in and there were a bunch of bad contracts. Hey, I, not my fault. I didn't sign him. But when you sign these guys, you don't get to throw your hands up and say, well, look, we we're cap-trapped. He well, and Aaron yeah. is the
0: best situation. He steps in, they win the lottery, they get McDavid, and then he gets nominated as a Coach of the Year finalist after making a bunch of bad moves.
1: He has two potential first-line centers and can't make it work. And mm-hmm. and very little else now at this point. Uh, but that's the thing. This if, team's so different if you have a line with McDavid and Hall and neverley and Eberle and, 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 and a... Enough, like six, seven million dollars of extra cap space. It's a whole different team.
0: Well, and the cap space is especially big because when you start to look at these contracts they have, they're not signed for this year. They're signed much beyond, way, well beyond this year. And McDavid, by the way, is still on his entry level deal this year. So if they're ever going to have money, it's kind of right now, and they don't have any. So I finally
2: see the end of Milan Lucic's contract on my cap friendly page.
0: You can finally view the end of his contract. There it is, 2024. Oh, that's nice. You can't... Oh, you can get a... Uh, okay, yeah, you're starting to see some of these defensemen, too. They're, I mean, they're well into the next decade, but hey, you know, that's, that's no problem.
2: It's good to know, though, that, that Milan Lucic will be one of the final three players on this roster that is under contract in that year, isn't it? <laughs> Do settle McDavid and Lucic? Yeah,
0: they have three forwards signed past 2020. Long
1: these too. things is not like the other.
0: Do they trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins before Jamie starts really singing? Is there, is there a market out there for, for him?
1: Third-pairing uh, third <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean... So it'll be in keeping with their... I, I think the rest of the league is well aware that RNH is nothing special.
0: Yeah. Well, nothing special, but is he useful to another team? Like, if you got the Oilers to retain some salary... You
1: can get the Oilers to do pretty much whatever you want, apparently,
0: in a trade, so... Okay, so then, I mean, I could see RNH having value to a good team.
1: But not if you're tying up $6 million a year. I mean, that's the problem, too. Yes, he has value to a team, but it needs to be a team that is going somewhere and has cap space to burn. And a lot of times those two things don't go together. That's true.
0: Uh, Craig mentioned Vegas earlier. They are down to Maxime Legacy as their starting goalie. I thought it was fairly remarkable they were able to bring in Malcolm Subban when Marc-Andre Fleury got hurt, and Subban was great, and then Oscar Dance was great when Subban got hurt. They may have hit the end of the line here. once you get four goalies deep, it really seems to have an impact on a team yeah, for wh- some reason. What is happening with goalies in Vegas? <laughs> I, I don't I, I know. I, it's very strange. But are, is this going to be what finally brings them back to the pack, or is it just the simple fact that they're actually playing road games now?
1: I mean, a little of both. Part of it's going to be, yes, when you're playing a goaltender that got his debut two hours before you had to call up a kid from the WHL to be your backup. It's not an ideal situation, but I don't think any of us, even after their hot start, thought this was a playoff team. So, I mean, they were going to regress a bit. You just just look at the roster, and it's been impressive how they've played as a unit, particularly defensively, but we're starting to see a lot of cracks in that now and the goaltending that's – now that they're poor goaltending, it's becoming painfully obvious. Wait, let's play the game that Craig refused to play
0: last week, but we can see if Jamie will play it. I tell you one of the V teams is definitely making the playoffs. Are you taking Vegas or Vancouver right now?
1: Uh, In, like, the WHL, the Vancouver, like –
0: no one Giants? the Canucks that that the or the is? Golden Knights if I, if I could come back from the future if I had Peter Chiarelli's time machine and tell you one of them is definitely making the playoffs which one do you have more confidence in
1: I don't want to play this game either uh, <laughs> I
0: this game was made for you
1: guess I would have to say Vancouver oh wow okay but I don't like it
0: well yeah I mean there's no winners in this game no that's why the game is what it is
2: it depends. Yeah, I mean, is is uh, Mark Andre Fleury coming back in this scenario, no, or is Dylan chance to Ferguson to the goalie? You didn't want Dylan to play Ferguson, last week. who does not have a mugshot on the Vegas Golden Knights website. That's they apparently couldn't find one. That's not ideal. It's one, one thing you, would, you must
1: have at least a 900 save percentage in juniors for us to give you a mug shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing when they don't have your
0: mugshot like on ESPN.com, but when your own team doesn't have it. Right. <laughs> to be fair, NHL.com yeah. doesn't have one for Clayton
1: Keller. The website, I was
2: like, eh. I actually do know who the website guy is, but. Yeah, he didn't bother because he won't be there very long. At least they don't yeah. think he will. He could yeah. be starting. That's yeah, I mean, be, absolutely.
1: They yeah, got Clayton Keller and Will Butcher—they they couldn't get around to putting photos on for NHL.com. No big deal.
0: It's funny because they have like a thousand photos of Clayton Keller on NHL.com, just none of them are his actual like headshot.
1: They play. got Oscar Dansk though. They, they they got that up right away. Well, but. He was winning games right out of the gate.
0: Uh, all right, so we don't want to talk about Vancouver. We don't even want to give them any credit for well, what they we should done. definitely give
2: them credit for what Travis yeah. Green's doing because I think we all viewed him as the sacrificial lamb when they went into this season, didn't we, with the roster they were given? I think,
0: well, at least from my perspective, I viewed him as somebody that had to take a, coach, a head coaching job because it's a head coaching job in the NHL, but right. was in a terrible position to really be able to get another head coaching job after this just because of the situation he was in. But he's, he's done really well so far. With really no starting goalie, which by the yeah. way, nobody asked my opinion on the which team makes the playoffs between Vegas and Vancouver. Yeah, because we don't care. But I'd go with Vegas because yes, I'm assuming Fleury comes now back. the no asked. And you know what? Somebody out there's asking, and, and, and the, now they don't have. And to the interesting
1: more. thing too about the Canucks, if you haven't been paying attention, is that the Sedin's haven't done anything. They're not even playing.
0: They're playing yeah. like <laughs> ten minutes a night, aren't they? That that is
1: the end of the line is them. swift. I mean, Brock Bowser has been very good. Sven Barchi's career renaissance in Vancouver over the last <laughs> year and a half after he's completely given up on. Uh, Bill horvat has been fine. I, but there's nothing that really stands out about this team right now. They don't score.
0: They're scoring. They're 21st in the NHL in goals per game. Um, Jake for ten has been suspended yet, so there's, that's a plus. Alex Vermeestro has five points. Yeah. Nobody on the team has more than Coyote's nine great. points. And that's Brock Bouser, and he's only played eight games. He's been good. But, I mean... Sam
1: Gagne, four points. Yeah. Again, this, this lineup. You guys... Who would have thought once Thomas you t- took Manning. him away from a power play that falls over goals that he wouldn't score anymore? It's <laughs> if shocking. You took,
2: if you took the Zedines off this roster, if you just scoured through this roster, you, someone could probably convince you that this was, in fact, an expansion roster. A bunch of cast-offs that teams It, it does.
0: And- it does look like it. They really could use a, a full-strength Louis Erickson right now. All <laughs> of a sudden, that signing would look brilliant. Um... Let's let's stay in Canada here for a second and go over to Winnipeg. It's amazing what some decent goaltending can do. Wow. We'll wow. see if it lasts. Not coming
2: from the guy you signed, though.
0: See, now uh, Hellebuck was really good a couple years ago. He just didn't play enough, and then last year he wasn't good at all. Uh, they may have lucked out here. I don't want to say lucked out because I mean they're the ones that drafted Hellebook, but they may um, they may get away with that horrible Steve Mason signing and still make the playoffs. And that Paul Maurice extension. Yeah.
2: Connor bucks nine forty save percentage one nine one goals against in eight, eight games so far. Where would they be without him right now? They'd be playing Steve Mason.
1: Yeah, in massive in trouble. Which, at least they got two and a half minutes of good goaltending out of Steve Mason <laughs> before it all went before it all went down. Uh, I mean, we've talked about this. I, I've been banging the Winnipeg. If they get decent goaltending, they're a, a Western Conference final contender. Oh wow! Okay. And again, I don't. I want to see this over a longer term. It's a, that, those are a few nice games. He's helping my fantasy team in, in Luke's league. But I want to see this sustain over the course of the year. And anytime they play Steve Mason is now just an absolute nightmare. It's like playing Niemi. The Nieme. Uh, the thing I'd
0: say about Hellebuck, and I understand last year he wasn't great by any means, but the year before, his first NHL action, 26 games and a 2.35 goals against average, 918 save percentage. Like, not anything amazing, but you gotta remember he was a rookie stepping into the nhl at age 22 at that point and the summer before that playing for team usa in the world championships eight games of 1.37 goals against i mean that's those are good numbers in the world championships again small sample size but there are numbers out there to indicate he might be able to be a number one goalie and a decent one in this league which again i'm not sure why you signed steve mason for two years then If, if you had any inclination that might be the case, but I guess... Insurance, I guess, but... Hmm. Yeah.
1: That's like buying car insurance when you don't have a car. Also, that's, you would have started Hellebick if you thought he was your guy in the first game of the year. That's true. So they they can pretend that that's the narrative they want to sell now, but they thought Steve Mason was going to be the guy at least enough to split 50-50. Oops. That's,
0: well, but I mean, yeah, it is oops, but they're they're getting away with it for now I'd, at least. I'd like to
2: see him in the playoffs. You remember the series they played against Anaheim?
0: Yeah, that
2: was a terrific playoff mm-hmm. series. I
1: mean, did they get swept? They got they, they got swept, they got they swept, swept but that was, was so the closest sweep I've ever seen in sports. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean that's damning with faint praise. But it sounds, it sounds like it's not you, it's me. It's the closest it, it, sweep it, it I've is. ever seen. Yeah, in sports. it's it's
1: not you. You just you just couldn't score a goal in overtime.
0: <laughs> um, all right, where are we going here? Anything else on Winnipeg? This is where Craig usually jumps in with his his concern about the Blackhawks. And then I'm going to jump yeah, in with the concern about But I didn't even have it on the
2: agenda today. I mean, I think it's
0: obvious now that you should be concerned with the Blackhawks. Well, that's I guess that's my point. The Central Winnipeg is, is getting this goaltending there, you know, they they've got goal scorers or at least Blackhawks are getting goaltending.
2: They're getting very good goaltending. It doesn't matter.
0: But everybody's kind of bunched up in the Central except St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis has pulled
1: ahead. They're ten two and one. They're and doing it despite a lot of injuries. Out? Yeah, in spite of the injuries,
2: I'm a little baffled.
1: It's funny because St. We I felt about St. Louis about two and a half years ago, like we've been talking about the Rangers. Of they're just not going to have enough pieces to get over the top. I don't see how they're going to get there, mm. and they just continue to mm. stick around. They're not a bad team. I think we
0: should we should both just stop and make Craig talk because I'm pretty sure he's eating candy right now. Oh, it's, he's he's
1: trying to. By the way, I'm
2: not a.
0: Big fan of the Starburst Minis. That's,
2: like, I, I, that's been bagged. the consensus. Hard.
1: That's been the consensus. It's and also, hard. again, why are Starburst regulars too big? No, it's a, it's no. a small candy a to point. begin with. Do we need mini Nerds? I you, mean, what's you next? You raise a valid point. If, if Where does gonna, the slippery slope end, <laughs> Luke? <laughs> it's, it's, well, Where I, does it end? Let me
0: help you. If you were going to change the size of Starburst, in theory, shouldn't you make them bigger?
1: <laughs> yes, and actual stars. Wow. Why are they not star shaped? Well, this is what a star looks like bet after. The profit bursts. margin is
2: higher on these. I'm going to introduce a new product line called Micros.
1: Okay, well,
0: good luck with that. Hershey Micros.
1: Hers- Hershey Micro. <laughs> Once
0: again, you've both derailed the podcast. They
2: look like chiclets, don't they? Yeah, like they, they do. They do. Yeah. What are you going to do Not when I tell you chiklets,
0: th- those are actually Starburst flavored gum and you shouldn't have swallowed the last 14 packs? Do <laughs> <laughs> you have any, anything to say for yourself now? Are you Are just going to blow a bubble? I'm looking at that
2: one I dropped on the floor. Am I too far away from the mic for you, Chris?
0: Still there, Chris? We need to get Chris a mic. Are you too close to the mic? We need to have Chris in again. Yeah, we we need, yeah. We can just yell. Yeah, I mean, if he yelled. This is Chris's favorite podcast. He's he's nodding his head, yes, this is his favorite podcast. It's probably a reason why I always. a good reason why I can't ever see Chris when we do this show. That's probably better for. He just My mocks system. you behind your back the entire time. Well, I can kind of see the reflection in the window. He does a lot of arm waving frantically. <laughs> um, okay, so nothing to say about Chicago because I'm going to bring up Pittsburgh here.
2: What do you want? What do you want me to say about Chicago? I orner- haven't already said. Oh, there isn't. I just the like blue line me. is a trashy. It's it soothes me. Corey Crawford's great, but their blue line's a trashy. Okay, that's about all there is to say. It's a as Joel Quenville said, it's
1: a, it's a good situation to be in. Eight guys who can play. I mean, they have the ability to the NHL play level. hockey. That, yeah, they have eight guys that have the ability to play hockey. They can skate. Like, what? actually just get on the ice and stand up. It's over.
2: Until I do, like, a, a Pittsburgh resurrection. Pittsburgh-style resurrection.
0: I think
1: Pittsburgh's going up three goals since we started this podcast. Yeah, what do,
0: we, what do we make of the Penguins? This is for the season now, giving up 3.85 goals per game, which is an absurdly high number, which I will assume is coming down at some point. I would hope so. Niemi's not on the team anymore.
1: That's yeah. He, he remember when he was supposed to start start thirty games? That uh, was the plan. No, I remember hearing that, but no. Yeah, no, that came from the GM's mouth. He um,
0: he yeah. I just really nothing to say about that. But three point eight five is an absurdly high number. You know who else is right there? That's sort of shocking to me. Is Montreal is at three point seven five.
1: Yeah, yeah, Carey Price has not been anything special either. Mm-hmm. But the whole team has been garbage. The thing they gave him all the money.
0: And I understand the concerns. Much bigger for the Canadians because they've got a lot of problems, even though they don't seem to realize it or they're overreacting to the wrong problems, however, you want to look at it. But uh, Alex Kelchenyuk. yeah, let's just blame him for everything. Mm-hmm. But the Penguins giving up that many goals per game is, is very different. O- only the Coyotes are worse, and Florida,
1: so oh, Florida, no, Florida too.
0: Worse. But uh, I mean, to be fair, the Coyotes haven't had their number one goalie, and they really didn't have a set number two goalie. Pittsburgh's got their number one goalie.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's weird because uh, it feels like Matt Murray's a grizzled veteran at this point, yeah. just with how many games he's played and how many prominent games he's played. But I think we forget how young he is and how adamant Rutherford was of keeping Flurry around last year yep. and, and what that meant for the team of having both those goalies there, where when and if Murray struggles or gets hurt, it's a complete nightmare now in net for Pittsburgh. Where there was very little drop-off last year, there's a massive drop-off. Do you think there's any chance Marc-Andre Fleury gets moved at the deadline?
0: So you, you're saying that Vegas is just a complete mirage at this
1: point. If, the if they of change... The city or the team? The, the yes. team. If yes Vegas changes their long-term plans to get assets because of a hot start, no. then it's a terrible, terrible right. decision. I don't no, think they right, should right, do right. Nothing that. Nothing changes. N- James Neal is gone. Nothing changes. Right. You're not winning a
2: cup with James Neal. You're not winning a cup with Marc-Andre Fleury. If you can get really good pieces for those guys because they're playing well, yes, you do
0: it. Okay. If you you get really
1: good pieces, but if they're still in contention... I don't care if they're in first place. (laughs) They're not winning the cup. Do not... Change your plan. Okay. This is where teams make mistakes. But how many teams in the NHL. This is Sam burning a year of Sam Bennett's entry level contract when you're still growing. No, it's levels. not. Yes, it is.
0: Not trading Marc Andre Fleury in your first year because if, you can make the playoffs and if build somebody, a fan base.
1: If somebody gives you an offer you can't refuse, a good offer for Marc Andre Fleury, you make the deal. I don't care where you are in the standings. I, I, you're not winning a cup until 2025. Okay. In
2: reality, what you're saying, Luke, is probably right though. If
1: they're in a playoff position, they're not going to
0: try. I just, I think you guys are, are looking at Vegas through a different lens. There's there's plenty of teams that they're probably, right on,
1: but. yeah, no, no. I what they will do versus what I think they should do are two different things. There's pl- I, I do think they'll make a, if they make a playoff push, they'll see benefit in that. But your season tickets are sold.
0: There's plenty of teams that are in first place or in second place and probably realize they're not going to win the cup and they don't dump all their players. Every year, yeah, just because they're, they're not going to win the cup, this isn't the NBA.
1: They're not an expansion, but but team. that's the difference, though. It's there's no other team I look at and say they're maybe maybe the Coyotes the way they look at it right now, that are five plus years away from contention that have that have no base. They have they have very little prospect pool. I mean, this is a this is a different scenario.
0: Well, definitely, I'm with you on James Neal. I mean, he's only signed for this year, but you you built your entire sort of foundation of your your franchise around. Hey, we've got Mark Andre Fleury. This guy's won Stanley Cups. He's going to be great in the community. He's our starting goalie for this year and next year at least. And I think, honestly, you need a good starting goalie. We're seeing it around the league at this point. That's why, and I keep coming back to this, but that's why the only reason I would say Vegas has a better chance of actually hanging around and making the playoffs than some of these other teams that are surprising people is because they should have a legit starting number one goalie when he's healthy.
1: Yeah, and I'm not saying trade flurry at all costs like James Neal because his contract's coming up. Yeah, Neal's got to go. But I'm saying if you get an offer that's fair value, whether it's a— Couple of high level prospects, whether it's first round picks, whatever whatever it is, and they, they send that offer for you, probably a first round pick, you got to consider it.
2: He's going to turn 33 this month.
1: You're not, yeah, he's Mark not going to. Andre
2: Fleury doesn't have a lot of time left. He has only one more year under contract after this season.
1: And his value trading him next year is going to be less than what it and, is now. And
2: as we saw in, at the trade deadline last year, when guys have a year remaining on their contract, they're very attractive to teams. <sighs>
0: So you're telling me he's going back to Pittsburgh, that well, we're going? Well, I'm not saying that. I, I'm not
2: even saying he gets traded. I, I still don't think Vegas is going to be in a playoff position at the trade deadline. But if they are, yeah, yeah, they may get enticed to, to hang on to Mark, Mark andre Fleury. And I understand it, because if you can make the playoffs in your first season, that's just... Without trading for... It's an for, incredible statement by yeah. an expansion franchise. It would be... I don't. Has it happened? I, I meant to do this research. Has an expansion team made the playoffs? The first year? I... I'm sure, way back in the day, when there I mean, was only like eight ever since teams. there's been
1: more than like six teams in the league. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: yeah well yeah, yeah, okay, but because they created, a, they actually created an expansion division when they first expanded yeah. the NHL. So, St. Louis was going to Cup Finals because they got to play within their own division in the playoffs.
0: Take that, St. Louis. But I, I'm with you in the sense that you don't go out and trade four players. That that would be, at that point, it's not worth. Hey, look, we made the playoffs. We traded away assets to to. Get rental players just to make the playoffs. That would be completely backwards. Also, if, if is uh, Shipachev just gone? I mean, that was, yeah, like that, the that's the second done. player they've ever that's drafted done. in franchise history or signed. I guess they didn't draft him, and that was a big
1: deal, and we're not even a month into the season, and he's just gone. Mother, I, sure. I, I guess it was worth it to try, but was it really? Was he going to be on the next cup-contending Vegas team either? either? I, maybe they assumed they were going to get him and be able to flip him if he was good. Maybe. But I I'd, Let me I'd, go back it's to the situation
0: for a second. They've played and Do I don't have to. I don't know, yeah, because you you guys went in a different direction. Uh they have nineteen back to backs this season. I don't know if that's the most in the NHL. It seems like a lot though. But uh they've played four so far and they've been outscored twenty nine to seven in those four games. <laughs> so clearly there's that's an issue well. there. And that's an East Coast team. They're not traveling like a team
1: like anybody on the west coast, like the Coyotes, yeah. I was, yeah.
2: Have you seen that? Well, yeah, the I think I just talked to you guys about that off the air, didn't I? It's yeah, insane. their
1: road schedule come or their schedule coming up, which is hilarious to me. Which their, their one home game in the middle is basically a road game. You go, go at okay, so you go to DC, then Pittsburgh, then St. Louis, November that, 6th through 9th, yeah. Then up. Glendale, then Winnipeg, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, and,
2: and, and then just, they come home for two games, yeah. Then they hit the road again for games at Edmonton and Calgary. They come home for one home game, and then they hit the road again. Vegas, Boston, Columbus, Chicago.
0: They're going to play 41 home games in the second half of the season. I, the, here's yeah. how it breaks down.
2: In their first 33 games, 21 are on the road, and 16 of them are either in the Eastern or Central time zone.
0: Yeah, that's horrible. Story. They, 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 they just got back from a five-game road trip right. this morning. Right.
1: Uh, <sighs> this afternoon, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the, this is why they need an owner that can go to the league and like, Thank Hey, you. can you... Uh,
2: you got to be an advocate.
1: Can, can you help me out here a little bit with this, uh, with this schedule so we don't get the worst schedule in the world? 12
0: of 15 on the road, and they're five games into it. But, yeah, like Craig said, bigger picture. It's not even just, hey, you know, this is going to be a tough month for you guys. You're just going to be on the road for the entire first five months of the season, basically.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I think there's, there's a wild animal loose in the office. What's going on out there? Do uh, you really want to open that door? The door's locked. Yeah, right? okay, I Go. Hope. Just That's put
0: it. something in front of it if you can. You're hearing crazy sounds out there. Uh, the Coyotes did get their first win a couple days ago. Craig was there. He was also he's also been in Coyotes the like fashion. How many of you
2: can say that? You saw the Coyotes win this year in, in person. person. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, now I was joking when I texted you guys at three two that if they blow this game dot 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 and then they proceeded to give up a goal thirty seconds later. But it was they gave up one. two goals. Yeah, goals they gave last minute. Yeah. Ugh.
2: I, I was down The team
1: technically shorthanded. The right worst feeling
2: as a beat writer, <laughs> yeah, that's right? That's true. You're down in the press room, and my story my story was written. It was written. <laughs> that was the
0: only reason Craig cared. And, and the only reason in, I was
2: laughing. I was down there with Dave Vaz from the Coyotes, and and the uh, the screen that they're showing is on a 30-second delay. Uh,
0: but they have the game
2: clock over here, so you're watching the game clock, watching the action. and and The game clock We're stops. seeing play, and then we hear the horn go off. Oh. And we looked at it, and we like, uh-oh, it's 3-2. But okay, final minute of play. No way they'll give it up
1: again. (laughs) You know the goalie's Uh, there. Goes the horn again, and they're playing five v five with the
2: goalie. Delete entire story goes out the window.
0: Yeah. Well, did you really delete the whole thing? Because they still won. I I say
2: very small parts of it, but it it had a it had a feel to it (laughs) that that was just dead. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it changes. It went. Oh no, they did it again. Even though they won, it was like, well, I guess sigh of relief, but. Yikes! You blew a two-goal lead in the final fifty-something seconds.
0: Yeah, Brendan Perlini put it pretty well afterwards when he's like, "We uh, we never make this easy on ourselves." Mm-hmm. And that was a pretty, pretty good way of encapsulating it. Uh, the response the next night—I, I, I mean—they looked bad against Detroit to begin that game. Second half of
1: back-to-back, fifth straight road yeah, game. They're also not a good hockey team. Yeah, which I is just, the, which is their primary problem. Well, no, their primary problem is they don't have a goalie. Well, that or the, and they can't pass and they have one player on their team that can score.
0: I hear what you're saying, but you could go through all these games and easily— and Rick Tockett said this the other night, and I, I agree with him. They could easily have five wins right now. They don't have anybody
1: stopping the puck. I love, I love that excuse. We could easily be—the Jets could easily be 5-1 and one if only—well, that's not how this works. It, it, the only reason
0: it's, <laughs> it has any credence is when you look at them and you say, okay, they're 1-11-1, they're a horrible hockey team. Uh, yes. If they had goaltending, they would have beat Anaheim. They would have probably beat Detroit the first time. They would have beat the Islanders. They would have beat New Jersey. There's no denying that. So that doesn't make them a good team.
2: I don't know. I don't know how scenarios play out in a game if they don't give up a certain. Goal. If you're I don't not think giving, giving up five that's... goals per game, you're beating those. Yes,
1: games. goaltending's obviously an issue, but so is their defense. Yeah, like, it's that's not all goaltending. I don't, think, fair, goaltending it's is fair, is I don't think it's fair bad. to say
2: that they would have wins because they had better goaltending. I think they'd have a few, but to say they get to five or six, that might that might be dramatic. I think they might have three. They might have four.
1: If they had, let's say, healthy, normal, average Mike Smith, they probably have two or three wins right now. But I, I think blaming the, the goaltending more than it should be. Again, goaltending deserves plenty of blame. I think masks what their bigger issues it's not
0: are. Just no, no, I agree. There's bigger issues. But it's not just the numbers. You're watching goals go in that should not go in, and yep. then they're losing four to three to New Jersey when they should win that game. Yeah, I
1: mean, their save percentage is criminally low. Like, it, it is. And that it's going to improve. I would hope. I mean, unless they're going to start going to the Vegas school of pulling kids out of the WHL. And, I, you know, look at the
2: situation last night in Detroit. The, the, Scott Wedgwood just comes to the team. I mean, uh, I'm mean, i not blaming the goalie last no, night. They were but, outplayed last well, night. He, here's the thing. You know, he's saying, he said to us, you know, before that game, I'm still learning guys' first names. Yeah. yeah. So makes communication a problem, first of all. And then they ask him, the guy hasn't played in, he's played one game in eleven yeah. and a half a half months. Okay, go play a back-to-back in the NHL. For a guy who, by the way, told me he sweats profusely, which was hysterical when he described that. He said, in pick, pick up basketball games you can't garbage, you just slip right off me. Which, of course, made me think of that Ben Stiller thing, the scene in the... Uh, anyway, I'm getting uh, way off track yeah. here. I but did see you tweet that out, though. He, uh... He gets in there in that game last night. And and, and look, I know the narrative from that first period is, oh my God, Detroit just came at him in waves. Well, they scored two goals very early in that game. And as we all know, when you score, it creates momentum for a team. And I think that's part of the reason why Detroit was coming at them after that. The first goal has to be stopped. I think he could have made the save on the second one too. And again, that puts you behind the eight ball. He made a couple spectacular saves after that in the first period. But in many ways, the damage is already done. Your goalies put you behind the eight ball. Yes, you didn't have a good start as a team, but if he makes those saves, we might be talking about
1: a different situation again. But also part of the problem for Arizona is they're not feared. I don't th- I don't see teams getting up 2 nothing and then sitting back like, okay, we need to make sure we're playing the tightest defense humanly possible because we can't let Arizona back in the game. They're still extremely aggressive, and actually... Breaking teams' trends of playing prevent defense with a lead is really hurting the Coyotes a lot.
0: That's the other thing that's weird. There's been a couple games. Like, they were dominated by Vegas and Vegas. And they were dominated by the Bruins once a second period hit in, in Glendale. And I would say to a certain extent against the Rangers in Detroit on this road trip. I mean, they fell way behind. I mean, you look at all these other games, they really haven't been down by two goals until the other team scores an empty net goal at the end of the game. It's, they're just, they've got a lot of things to work out, clearly. Mm-hmm. But again, this goes back to my point of if you're a Vegas and you're an expansion team and you have a number one goalie, hold on to him, Because there's just – this is what I was saying a couple years ago when Florida went out and got Luongo. You've got a young team. If you have a good goalie that can keep you in a lot of these games, that should hasten your development. Now, I know it didn't for Florida because they got all weird. No,
1: but you look at what's happening now in Jersey, and this is what you'd hope, that you have a – I guess he's not super young anymore – but you have a – High quality goaltender with a young team that's ready, that's hungry, and ascending with talent, and then it comes together. The problem is, is the coast are still probably a couple of years away from being where Jersey is. And Vegas isn't that
2: in that situation either, because Vegas isn't that young a team. Vegas is much older than the Coyotes. Yeah, actually that's true. Yeah. So I I don't know that you need that. I mean, you always need confidence from a goaltender bleeding out into a team, but when you look at what Vegas's grand plan is, it, it's a it's a lot different than other teams. I I would say if if you had a really young team and in front of him, then Marc-Andre Fleury would have great value to Vegas because you need to build confidence in a young team. But there are a ton of veterans in that lineup, so I don't know. I, st- I still think if you get down to the trade deadline and Vegas is out of a playoff position, he's going to be a very valuable commodity, and you have to think long and hard about whether you want to cash in on that.
0: What about the uh, Calder race about a month into the season? He's in it about the already. Coyotes? Well, I mean, there's some good players <laughs> behind Clayton Keller. There are. But he's not... Slowing down. Again, it's only 13 games, but now you're looking at what 16 games in his career, and he has 17 points. And if you watch him play, I'm not saying a point per game is sustainable, but he's around most of the goals the Coyotes score. And it's these didn't. This isn't like a situation where he had just a crazy night and they blew some team out, and he had a goal and four assists in one game, and those have padded
1: his stats. He's basically getting one or two every night. Yeah, and and he's he's clearly been the best player on the Coyotes this year, and he's very, even when he's not scoring, he stands out in some of the passes he's making, and you know, he had five goal lead now on a, or four goal lead now on everybody and every other rookie. So three, no, can scored the other night. So three can't goal lead, four point lead. Yeah, we yeah, I mean, got a
2: chance to see Butcher and Brad up close with the Devils, and they're both impressive. Butcher had. A- a lot of his points early, by the way. He had yeah. Like nine assists. Yeah, he had nine game. right away,
1: and he's on eleven so now. So he's
2: tapering off a little bit now. Circuit I haven't seen him play yet, and that's I mean, obviously he's not going back down. He's not going no. anywhere. He's no. going to stay with Tampa Bay because he's ahead of schedule. But in terms of a dynamic player, right now, there's nobody in Clayton Keller's class in that rookie class. He's just been he's been spectacular, and you watch it on, when you watch it on a nightly basis. Even in a game where a team does a pretty good job of shutting him down, he finds a way to generate a few scoring chances. And on his best nights, he generates like six, seven, eight chances. It's amazing to watch for a guy that young. And, And granted, on a team where everybody knows, hey, it's pretty much one line that we have to worry about, he's still managing to do it on a nightly basis. Yeah, he's
0: facing everybody's best defense at this point because he's on that line, and he's been the best weapon on the best line for the Coyotes And like... You know, if you compare him to a guy like Sergachev, who's second in points, uh, you know, Sergeychev has the disadvantage that he's playing defense if you're just looking at the points race. But he also plays on a team that has Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov and is just loaded with offensive talent. So he's going to get some secondary assists that he gets just because he was on the ice and he touched the puck. Right. Keller's not getting any cheap points right now. He's creating pretty much everything for the Coyotes. So, yeah,
1: and he's got a mass amount of primary points. Yes, too. He does for a team that's not scoring that much. I mean, he is—he is their offense right now.
0: Is there any concern about him playing almost 20 minutes a night that he wears down in the second uh, half? Ricketts talk talking about
1: that, yeah. And that, I mean, I the think that's something
2: they need real. to think about. It, yeah, yeah. If, if if you hit that kind of wall when you're playing those kinds of minutes, you're not used to this kind of a grind of a schedule. Yes, it should be a concern, and, and that's something to monitor. But, you know, they have, they have specialists that are so much better at monitoring this sort of stuff in the league. They're going to keep an eye on that. They're going to be watching it very closely. And all the you know the other habits, the eating habits, the fluids, all that stuff, they'll be monitoring that as well. But that, that's definitely a concern. On the flip side, how the heck can you afford not to play the guy that much right now?
0: No, I mean, it's, it's, he makes them an exciting team to watch when he's on the ice, which is crazy to think of a team that has one win. But there are teams in this league, that you just kind of you know they're they're not great and there's not really anybody to watch the coyotes finally have one of those players that even if you're not a coyotes fan you probably want to at least check it out and see what he's doing because when he makes plays they're they're pretty like the goal against new jersey the other night where he just took the puck from nico Hischier, who's a pretty good player in his own right yeah and it, it honestly it looked like it looked like a basketball play where somebody just comes up and takes the ball like he just came up behind him took the puck went in and scored that's and- not typically something you see in an NHL game.
1: He's been involved in almost half of Arizona's goals. That's crazy. I mean, that's remarkable. We were just talking about this off the air. What do you think about the idea of uh, Brendan Perlini moving onto that line and Max Domi dropping down to the second line, maybe trying to balance things out a little more? I think it would be very interesting saying Domi's not having a strong start and Perlini's not afraid to shoot. And I think that's, that's an issue where you're, you're a young team that's giving up a lot of goals. You need to take as many opportunities as you can, and you can't pass them up. Or miss them or fan on shots. Yeah, and Max has had a, had some trouble finishing yeah. lately. Maybe need really needs to get, bring the hair back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that could take a little while. Yeah, you were on that road trip, Craig. I mean, what's... The, the thing to remember with this team is they've had their number one goalie for one game. They haven't had Jacob 90 Cikrin, minutes all year. And they really didn't have Brendan Perlini for very much. They've mm-hmm. had him for now close to half the season, but not quite. How much of a jump did he give them? You know, watching him in person, I know that it didn't translate into anything more than one win. But how much how much better do they look offensively in your mind With when Perlini? they have Perlini? Yeah. Well,
2: I just I, he gives them another score. Uh, Rick talked; it broke him down last night because I asked him about his him as well. And again, he Rick wants pretty much all his players to be guys who get into the corners, and they create turnovers that way. And you, you generate zone time is what you do if you can hang onto the puck and and keep things going in the cycle. So he wants all of his players to do that. I'm, I'm not sure a couple of his guys are cut out to do that. They seem like more sort of good ice type of players that find seams, find openings, and then, then they can shoot. Brendan Perlini feels like that a lot to me. But what Rick Tocket did also say about him is his speed through the neutral zone is terrific. And you see that. There was a play last night where he back and broke up a two-on-one with his speed. It was incredible to watch. And that's that's a hustle play. So he's making those types of plays, and then he has that ridiculous wrist shot. It's just, it's one of the best I've seen, to be honest. And it's so deceptive in the release, too. So I think he brings, you know, the the threat of another goal scorer to the lineup. But again, you need someone to get him the puck, and that's that's a big problem with the Coyotes right now. I still don't feel like they have enough playmakers. So that, that's why I'm talking about maybe you consider putting him on that line, and then, you know, you drop Max to a second line as, as another playmaker.
0: Put him on a line with Duclair. Yeah, he, I know, mean they've, they've Declare had Declare good
2: success them. together Get Anthony Duclair back it's in the team. lineup Hopefully he had a couple good practices To do the things that Rick wants him to do In the corners And I, I do think, you know, because Anthony's not a guy who generates his own offense enough So I get why they're asking that of him Get in the corners He has ridiculous lower body strength Maybe he can create some turnovers And they can generate offense that way But he's had good chemistry with Max So maybe try that again
1: yeah, You're 111-1, it's not working all that well Give something else a try is Perlini the
0: second best pure goal scorer on this team when he's going? Because well, it's too early for me to even judge. Well, that. but not not just based on this year. I mean, based on what we saw last year. I know he's only got two goals this year. He's only played seven games. His assist was nearly a goal, got redirected, and he was nearly credited with another goal the other night when they thought he redirected Keller's uh, ninth goal of the season. So either, I mean, he's. I just you're looking up and down this lineup. Who else do you see as a better pure goal scorer at their best? And you just talked about his size and his skating ability and, and that quick, deceptive wrist shot,
1: I I I'll, don't see anybody I'll else. split the difference here and say he has the second best shot on the team. Okay. I, we have to see him finish over a course of a full season, multiple seasons, before we say he's the best goal scorer. Yeah. But he has the potential to be. He's got an unbelievable shot. He always has. But he has to actually do it. Yeah, and there's there's other guys. Again, if if
2: Duclair can get back to, if he can add that element they want, and he can get back to somewhat of what we saw in his rookie season, he's he's a guy who can produce. The other guy to watch, he's he's just coming along. He's doing some good things. Christian Fisher is a guy who I think, and I think Rick talked said this as well. Once once that guy starts, you know, getting to the net, using his strength, his body, he's he's going to be one of those guys who scores from in close because he has the size and he has the hands to do it. I like his progress so far. He's playing hard. He's he's really tough in the corners, and they're working with him on, you know, maintaining control of the puck. He's doing a good job there. So there's some other candidates in that mix. Is I guess what I would say.
0: The uh, Coyotes will play Buffalo on Thursday, so we've all kind of taken a closer look at Buffalo, just randomly because, or not randomly because that's who the Coyotes are playing, but. I don't understand the Sabres. Like, we talked about Edmonton earlier in the show, and, you know, how how can you get Connor McDavid? You win the lottery, and here you are at the bottom of the standings again. Um, And as Jamie pointed out off the air, if they finish with, like, the fourth worst record, they're getting the number one pick again, right? Yeah, of course. That's just just given.
1: Just the rules. I don't make them up.
0: Uh, You just kind of remind us all of them. But, you know, Buffalo won the lottery that year, too. They got Jack Eichel. He's been fine. He hasn't been great this year four goals in 12 games, but 12 points in 12 games, and he is a pretty dynamic player. Why are the Sabres
1: still this bad? Uh, it's I can't quite put my finger on it, but if you remember when we did our preseason, no way they make the playoffs yep. draft. Like Everyone kind of went, oh, when I said Buffalo. I don't see it. This team has, nev- this team has always been all potential. They have yeah. never executed at a high level for a consistent period of time in the last four to five years. They've won three games this year. I, I don't. Know why? Again, you you have a number one center. Now I don't. He's not a franchise center, but you have a number one center. Yeah,
2: Ryan O'Reilly. You have he's
1: a decent number two. two. Mm-hmm. Evander Kane has been good this year. I Jason
2: Palminteri has been good. This I mean, year. you look on
1: paper. This is a team that should at least be in the wild card conversation, and they just never are. Yeah. they're not even close. Again,
2: what's going on with Kyle Poso, by the way?
1: He doesn't have John Tavares. Yeah,
2: two assists. That that's Man. tough. That's that's money
1: spent on a guy who's not producing. But when well, you're one of the ten best players in hockey's favorite winger, and now you don't get to play with him anymore, it's it's tough.
0: They just have so many guys on this team that aren't. You just look at their they're stats. They're not pulling their weight. They're just yeah. I mean, and like the defense is nothing special. Uh, Robin Leonard's been okay, but I just you look at Buffalo, and I haven't seen all their games, and. it – Look, it doesn't shock me if Jack Eichel comes in here on Thursday and has an amazing game, Buffalo beats the Coyotes, but that, that would bother me as a Sabres fan. If, if you watched all the Sabres games and all the Coyotes games, I don't know the Buffalo looks that much better right now, and they should. They got Jack Eichel.
2: But do you think some of this has to do with the transition to uh, Phil Housley?
1: I'm sure on some Maybe. level it is, but you know, and I feel like a broken record on this, but one of the first things I do when I look at teams, I look at their blue line. And mm-hmm. outside of Rasmus Ristolainen, who is fine but hasn't taken that next step to be an elite defenseman, what else is there that you like? I like Scandela. You don't, don't mean, like Marco Scandella? He's fine. You
0: really like Marco Scandela. But You're Scandella,
1: line. does that move the needle as your top pairing? I
0: like saying the name. Okay. I love the Marco Scandela. I feel like you asked like 14 <laughs> yeah, of think? our guests over the summer about Marco Scandela, and he wasn't on all those teams. You're just a big but Scandella does, does Matt
1: Tennyson, Jake McCabe, Justin Falk, Do they, Do they? are you excited by them? I'm not excited by them.
0: Victor Antipin. You left him out, too. No, I mean, Buffalo's got issues on the blue. I just... It, it's amazing to me that they are still... Like, are we going to get to the point at the end of the season where it's the Coyotes, Oilers, and Sabres fighting for the number one pick? can <laughs> we just do that? And two of those teams got... They won the lottery yeah. two years ago. So yeah, Arizona's that, more That would be great me. if it were
2: Edmonton, because then it would just, like... It would legitimize everything we said about them for all those years <laughs> about a team that still can't manage to do anything with a number But They got a generational talent, a guy who's going to be... I know, according to some sites, he already is the best player in the NHL, and they still
0: can't even make the playoffs. Hey, before we wrap this up, who is the best player in the NHL right now this season? Yeah, then, I don't uh, think it's McDavid or this, Crosby. This
1: season, okay, Tampa. This this season, it's Kucherov. He is yeah. unreal. Yep. He's, he's the best player in the world unreal. right now. Now, when we look at big picture, it's it's still Crosby. Yeah, okay, but I mean, Kucherov. The thing with him is is he put up forty
0: goals last year too. Now I understand he doesn't play the defense. Crosby does. Doesn't have the cups yet or whatever, and he doesn't have the the name recognition and the skating ability of Connor McDavid. But this is unbelievable
1: what he's doing. He's a phenomenal player. I mean, he is one of the. I mean, it's very safe to say, regardless of position, he's one of the ten best in hockey right now, period. No question.
0: And it's it's I mean, not. He's higher. I'm, I'm inclined yeah, to believe like it's five. not a fluke.
1: Like, he's not going to score. Oh, no, it's, it's not a fluke. He's not going to score 82
0: I, goals, but look at what he's done the last three years, really. This is this yeah. is real.
2: Yeah, I, they're far and away right now for me, the, the favorites to win the Stanley Cup, too. All
0: right, Craig's got to go get more starbursts, so I'm going to yeah. ask you two questions real quick. Okay. Uh, how was Detroit's new arena? <gasps>
2: If, listen, I don't know if people are into traveling to see NHL arenas the way they are to see ballparks and Major League Baseball. But if you're going to visit one arena in the NHL, go visit Little Caesars Arena because it is far and away the best I've seen. Wow. Literally is the standard, the gold standard. Every arena that gets built from here on out, and I know it takes money, but they should go there, look at the ideas, look at the concepts, and they should model as much of it as they can because it is
0: amazing. They nailed it. And I also want to get your opinion on the uh, U.S. Olympic hockey jerseys. <laughs>
2: those, they did not nail. They look like practice jerseys to me, except for the sleeve. Could you read that expert excerpt again? Do you still have that up? Uh, yeah, I do. Hold on.
0: The, the, uh, I don't know if, you, if yeah, people, people haven't s- seen the sleeves. How, Just, how would you describe those? Well, uh, bad. Yeah. I well, <laughs> want to know how I would describe them or how they describe them. Uh, if you had to describe the design there, what would you say? I would say it's, it's, it looks like something that was inspired by bald eagle feathers and represents the theme of fluid force. Oh. It's funny because that's
2: exactly what came across in the press release oh, okay. I received earlier today. My thoughts exactly. What I is still do know what it means, but fluid force. You I just wouldn't understand, understand
1: high fashion.
0: I guess no, fluid force sounds like a rejected x Men character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Canada's jerseys, and I, their sleeves look the same. That's you, what's throwing me Do you me not off. like
2: the front of Canada's jerseys, though? You don't like the, the front?
0: Uh, it's fine. I don't have a problem with Canada. I don't even really
2: hate the U.S.'s jerseys, yeah, to be honest. I'm not really into this fashion thing. I know people lose their minds over uniforms, and I'm not really there. And I kind of like Canada's just because I think that logo's cool. I've liked the previous jerseys better. But I didn't get a release from Canada, did you? Did you get a release? Oh, here it is. Did uh, it say the same thing? The
0: graphic on the sleeve was inspired by bald eagle feathers and represents the theme <laughs> of fluid force, eh?
1: Huh. Oh. <laughs> Nice. Subtle, Subtle difference. Subtle.
0: <laughs> Doesn't say anything about maple exactly. syrup or ketchup chips. That's confusing.
1: No, I had a lot of
2: people complaining about it, that it's too plain on the front, but there's, I mean, there are other people who will say simplicity is good. Somebody told me they want, I think it was Chris Peters from ESPN, told me he wanted horizontal stripes and i just nobody wants kind of stared stripes. stared forward blankly cuz i have no idea what that means in the fashion world i don't <laughs> know why that's important
0: i would have thought like we want connor mcdavid's face stitched on the front of every jersey that would have made a little more sense to me the fight in mcdavid's the fight in McDavid's. well it would be nice
1: if the, you know well they can't because they can't send anybody it could have oh, yeah.
2: just said a team on which connor can win <laughs>
0: Not even that, that now. Trade's
1: yeah, not makers. even that. Yeah, now we're going to play on
0: these teams. I I don't hate either one of these, but the sleeves, the fact that the sleeves are the same, are we going to see that on every Olympic team? Like if the if like <laughs> the Czech Republic right. comes out with the same sleeves, I'm going to think something's up. Go um, to
2: Google Translate
0: and get the same <laughs> translation. <laughs> <laughs> all right you know what we ran out of time to talk about ottawa what a shame we'll do that next oh, week. Man. oh man
2: so i don't have to apologize uh because
0: i wasn't planning Yeah, i didn't think you were going to they,
2: have you seen how many overtime losses they have wow. what's what's their actual record not their nhl record what how many games have they won versus how
0: many games they've won they five out of 12 they do have a yes, lot of overtime losses yes, they've lost more than they've won this Thank is looking you. a lot like vancouver was that last year or two years ago when they lost every game in overtime
1: also, that game the other night, and it doesn't happen often, but Wolf Eric Carlson. Yeah. That was a that was a rough one. But when you say it doesn't happen very often, that's like one every four years, basically. Yeah, you, yeah you're not going to see that happen to him. I mean, the puck being taken off of his stick and in the back of the net and within three seconds very no. often, but that was a microcosm of their season. They're not very good. Who could have seen it coming?
0: But they're in second place in the Atlantic.
1: Because nobody loses anymore. Nobody loses anymore. No, I could find you a few teams that lose.
0: All right, that's gonna do it for us. I know one um, for uh, Craig Morgan for Jamie. I take all
1: the losses for the whole league. I'm Luke. It's Lipinski. very nice of them to fall on their sword for everybody else.
0: Thanks for listening to the Natural Hat Trick podcast.
2: See
1: you.